The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Joined now by the, uh, the Blaze Morning Show host, Doc Thompson. Hey, how Doc, you how are you, buddy? buddy? What's going on? How you doing? Uh, well, what's going on? What is it? I mean, uh, give me your initial reaction. The first, first thing that you thought of when you found out that, that North Korea has the has successfully, according to a Washington Post story and our intelligence agencies, and I have to stipulate, if true, if true, that they can miniaturize a nuclear weapon and put it on a warhead. My my heart skipped a beat. Um, it's done that several times because I think we're heading toward an inevitable confrontation with North Korea. Um, a lot of people know that listen to the Morning Blaze. My wife is Korean. She was born in Korea. All of her family is there. Um, and I, I worry about them. Her grandmother, her uncles on both sides, most of her family is there. So I worry about them. Both sides. Yeah, they're, they're all there. They're either in Seoul or, or east of Seoul. Um, the one, her mother's side of the family has property that's very close to the DMZ. Uh, that's where they believe. live. Now, that was going to be my next question. How close to the DMZ? Right and, there. And, and you know exactly what's at stake there. If, if bullets start flying or missiles start flying, then just with conventional weaponry, we're looking at a loss of life that is going to be catastrophic. Yeah, we've we've run the scenarios. And again, <clears throat> the information is, you're right, if if light, if true, what we know, is 60 nuclear warheads that are now small enough to top the missiles. That's been, there have been several linchpins to this whole thing. There's been, right. can a missile reach the U.S.? Um, can we get a nuclear warhead that works? Or can they? Number And then three, can they make it small enough to put on top of one of those missiles? It looks like we're there and possibly the tune of 60. So, if, well, there's a fourth, yeah, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the reentry. Uh, they need to have the heat shield sufficient enough to protect right. the warhead as the, as the missile completes its arc and mm-hmm. comes back down through the atmosphere because it gets very hot there on that nose right. cone. So, and, and the last long-range missile test that they did, uh, the, uh, the ICBM capable of hitting the United States, the nose cone didn't fare so well. So once they lick that problem, and we're talking a, a matter of months. Months. It's very close. Could be weeks. And, and maybe they already have. But here's the thing. Even if that's not the case, we are still looking at a very dangerous North Korea. Uh, people don't realize the amount of artillery they have just on the other side of the DMZ is in the thousands. Yeah. They, could, they could level Seoul many times over. And in Seoul is tens of thousands of Americans. You've got American troops there. You've got Japan that isn't that far away, and they're also an ally. And, if and American troops. And American troops. And even if you're somebody that, you know, you're in, you're in rural America, and you're like, well, Doc, that sucks, and I don't want to see anybody lose their life, but at least it's not here. Here's what you need to realize, that in the best-case scenario of some sort of conflict where any loss of life is over there and, and minor, you're still looking at two of the world's largest economies in North, South Korea and Japan that will likely cause a significant drop in our economy. It's gonna well, be, it, it could be catastrophic. It will we, likely be worse than 2008. Oh, absolutely. And we were talking about j- those two uh, uh, countries aside, the, the, the mass human wave that will be exiting off the peninsula into China Horrible. China is a communist country. Their their command economy cannot withstand hundreds of thousands of people streaming across that border, and it will be an economic catastrophe again for China, which is another one of the world's largest economies. Yep. And so, so this there is no good scenario here. So, and, and let me see if you agree because I posited this. 
in the first hour. The only way out of this, in my view, is if Russia, China, and the United States move military forces and surround North Korea and say, give it up. It's over. It's done. There, there is a, I agree with you. There is a, a, one possibility, and it's still not great. It just maybe staves off the inevitable. And that is if we end up in some sort of, for lack of a better explanation or description, a Cold War with North Korea, where it's that mutual assured destruction standoff. It's very different than what we went through during the Cold War with the Soviet Union and the mutual assured destruction there. But it could be something like that. But that it really is just delaying the inevitable. Right. And again, we know their pattern. North Koreans blackmail. They, they'll, they'll want money. They'll want support from the international community. And there will be a lot of folks out there who will look to the United States to pay it. But that's, this is exactly how we got into this situation to begin with. Well, and, For, yeah, and you're right about that. But you got to remember something. Kim Jong-un is, and we've been studying him quite a bit, is different than his father, Kim Jong-il. And Kim Il-sung, his grandfather, he, he's much more like. His grandfather, remember, came to power in North Korea through force. He is literally like a god to those people. He is, he's a deity. That's how they have brainwashed them for many generations. Wow. But he was a guy who took by force. It was, it was primarily stick, no carrot. Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-un's father, he was carrot and stick. And there's this whole system. Yeah, he beat the people down. He tortured them. But his was manipulate the world community by threatening them. He was not as aggressive as his father. His son is much more like the grandfather. I don't think that he's somebody who just is going to get the nuclear weapon and then say, gimme, 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 you know, free stuff and aid and all this. I don't think so. I think he's the one, because he believes his own press, is one who starts threatening with them. I'm taking things, not give me because of them. Yeah, well, the problem is he doesn't have a navy. <laughs> and the problem, problem is it's the, it's the peninsula and the only land uh, option that he has is to is to go up through China and China's not going to allow that for a moment. True, but they if they march on South Korea, that's about the only thing they could do to unify the Koreas. True, but what they do have is a massive cyber warfare network. I mean, they are one of the the biggest in in the world at this point, especially for a country as closed off and as backwards and as powerless as they have been. I mean, they haven't been able to feed their people. But they have invested deep into cyber warfare. They would probably be one of the top five or ten in the world. Now, of course, America is probably number one. Well, let me uh, let me Russia's let me put you mm-hmm. let me put you in a scenario. You mm-hmm. are one of the president's generals. He's sitting down, and he's sitting you down in a room, and he's saying, "Okay, what are our options? Or uh, do you know what 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 can we do here? What are you telling him?" Number one, I would say, Mr. President, North Korea is way too dangerous at this point to to deal with but mr president they're way too dangerous to not deal with and that's where you're at so we have to do something that's something and and we don't know all of our capabilities i would hope we have some sort of significant cyber warfare if we have any type of emp that could take out any of their artillery along you know the the dmz there would would be our first two options but it has to be military precision one two three four it would have to be cyber warfare and an EMP that would do as much damage to their military as possible. We would likely have some sort of special forces as well that would also help take out any of their um, nuclear capabilities and also their um, their anti-aircraft uh, missiles. Yeah. And those would likely be done with um, our stealth fighters, our and, stealth bombers, excuse me. Yeah, and if I'm in there, I'm saying, Mr. President, it is it would be 
you go big or you don't do it. Exactly. It would be catastrophic for this nation to get a nuclear weapon. The United States cannot allow uh, a web, a fully functioning weapons program to be possessed by a madman. And he is a madman because that brings a nuclear threat to this doorstep, according to the latest intelligence I've seen uh, reported out there, that almost all of the United States is in range. And if, if, if a missile can strike the United States uh, to a guy that's crazy uh, and doesn't care whether or not his people, you know, die in a hail of fiery atoms, that is that is unacceptable. And, and, and that's that's where he is different from the former Soviet Union and the mad the mad tactics, a mutually assured destruction tactics. I think it's sir. We, we there, there is no good option, but there is no way they can be allowed. And I think he he develops this. It it signals that that a conflict is imminent. Yeah, we we have to go big or we don't do it. There's no there's no little messing around, blowing no. some stuff up, bombing them. We have to, and we're talking regime change. It's not just take out all the, you know, the the uh, artillery, take out all the bomb, um, um, nuclear sites, any of that stuff. It's also regime change on top of it. So then you have to say, best case scenario when that happens is the the loss of life into the tens of thousands, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, something like this of South Koreans, Americans, possibly some Japanese as well. Then what does regime change look like? What what do we do there? Are we going to prop up somebody else that's already in North Korea, one of the generals or somebody? They're all bat crap crazy. I, I you know what? I don't know that anything remains standing. In or you know again, and especially if he's crazy enough to fire or light one of those off. Uh, then you have to it, you have to remember something about the people of North Korea. And if you've read any books about any of the people who've escaped from from North Korea, they they have been brainwashed to a way we can't even understand. Let me give you an example. One of the books I read about um, uh, a girl who escaped from North Korea and finally made her way to South Korea with her with her sister and mother after nine years getting stuck in China and raped and this goes on and on. She said after she got to South Korea and they have a reunification program where they keep you isolated for months and they start telling you the truth. You know, hey, North Korea is not the center of the universe. And they start telling you all these truths. She said it took her, you know, months and months to to realize all of the lies. And she said she hated all the lies and everything she had been through and the administrator, the um, the regimes there. And then Kim Jong Il died and she saw the news and all of a sudden she noticed she was she was crying this is somebody she hated when she found out the truth, and she still was crying because somewhere deep inside of her, at her earliest memory, was a, a deity-like love for Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-un, or, and uh, Kim Il-sung. That, that's, that's what we're talking about. You would have to go through three, four generations of reality before that country would be right again. That's Stockholm Syndrome exactly. to, the, to the nth degree. Hey, Doc, appreciate it. Uh, thank you for the, uh, the analysis on this breaking news.